Hi everyone, welcome to the Parent and NI podcast, episode two. I'm Emma and today I'm joined by Chris. Hi Chris. Hello. How are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, good. So Chris, do you maybe want to start and tell us what your role is at Parent and NI and what you do? Yeah, of course. Um, so I am the research and policy officer here at Parenting NI. So that's kind of a two-pronged role. There's the research side of things and the policy side of things. The research involves um, writing research reports, putting together um, policy papers, and doing things like the Big Parenting Survey, which is coming out later this month, um, and it's being launched up at Stormont. And the policy side of things is more public policy, making sure that decision makers, policy makers, understand the needs of parents and understand kind of the challenges that they're facing and, and make the right decisions about helping them in the future. So um, one of the big things that I do while I'm here is write parenting articles on a whole range of topics, and I think that's one of the topics we're covering in today's yeah, podcast. Yeah, right? yeah. So today is um, Safer Internet Day, and mm-hmm. um, this year's theme is Together for a Better Internet, but the overall aim of the day is to inspire a national conversation about using technology responsibly, respectively, critically and creatively so that is what we're going to do in this episode and um, we're going to come at it from a slightly different angle than maybe what's traditionally thought about as sure. safer you know using the, the internet responsibly i guess people maybe think about like social media privacy uh smartphone usage yeah. cyberbullying, and that kind of stuff but um as chris said last year we did quite a lot of research into gaming or looked at the research into children and gaming and um, it's something that we know that uh, you guys want to know a little bit more about particularly with the rise in popularity of games like Fortnite and things like that Uh, so let's get into it Uh, Chris you are our resident (laughs) gaming nerd I am indeed you wear that as a a badge of honour I do indeed (laughs) I've been playing video games you know a lot since I was, you know, pretty young. Yeah. Since at least, you know, my, my early memories of playing them when I was kind of six, seven years old. Okay. Um, and I've not stopped since. Yeah. yeah. So that's somewhere in the region of 20 years of, of uninterrupted video gaming. I've, I've managed to live a, a normal <laughs> life despite... I, know, I was just going to say that. So you've obviously been playing games from your, like, what, six, seven? Yeah. I remember as a kid playing, like, N64, Mario yeah. or whatever with my sister. So, um, I guess, I mean, you're a respectable, intelligent <laughs> guy, you're, yeah. you're no, is this something really that parents need to worry about? I mean, obviously yeah. a lot of things have changed since we were kids, yeah, yeah. you know, the games are a lot more realistic and they're online gaming now. Yeah. So, um, I mean, let's maybe just look at it from that perspective. Is it, is it something that parents should be concerned about? Um, and kind of. What, what yeah. can we do to help support them with that? Yeah. So, um, gaming, gaming and video games have kind of really gone on a bit of a journey. They were they first kind of became common uh, enough that people would have heard about them in the kind of late seventies, early eighties. You know, that's when stuff like Pong and Pac Man and that sort of thing would have been yeah. uh, part of the kind of cultural milieu. Um, but they started entering people's homes roughly around the same time as the kind of introduction of the the original Nintendo Entertainment System, yeah. the NES. Um, there are earlier systems, so I'm sure if there's anybody listening that can remember, you know, uh, Ataris and Spectrums <laughs> and stuff. 
<laughs> I haven't forgotten about those, but but really the <laughs> NES was the was the kind of the big first one, and they've changed in that they've kind of gone from being seen as toys mm-hmm. to entertainment. So they've kind of gone from being in the same category as Barbie dolls and action figures mm-hmm. to being in the same categories as maybe movies mm-hmm. or YouTube videos yeah. in that they're kind of entertainment, they're, they're an active thing that you're doing. Um, and as you say, there's an online cap, uh, you know, aspect of it that's kind of really only developed in the last kind of 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I distinctly remember getting um, a Nintendo GameCube probably in the early 2000s and being amazed that there existed this plugin that you could connect uh, your GameCube to the internet and play, um, I think it was Fantasy Star Online at the time, which looking back on it was, you know, really not anything particularly incredible. And before that, there were always, you know, online games in terms of your, your computer. But now it's more common to be able to play online than it is to not be able to yeah, play online. Okay, and, yeah. and there's quite a lot of games now that you know, that are very popular that can realistically only be played online, and that's a major change. Okay. So if, so say parents have, their children are playing um, these games online mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, I don't know an awful lot about games the way mm-hmm. Chris does, so I'm a little bit in the dark, despite reading your articles on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are the dangers of that? So sure. let's, I mean, obviously there's the whole kind of stranger danger type yeah. thing. I mean, I know I've got friends and family who play these kind of online things where they could be talking to people Anybody. on the other side of the world. Definitely, yeah. Um, but obviously they're adults and it's kind of yeah. fun. But, you know, what are the dangers so then for kids? There's a, and I kind of want to go back a little bit to the first question you asked me there in terms of whether parents should be mm-hmm. afraid yeah. uh, or concerned. As with any form of entertainment, any activity, um, there are limits. Uh, there are individual limits. I mean, I probably played too much video games when I was a kid, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, it didn't have a negative impact on me, but it, but it maybe could have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's obviously hard to say what did or did not mm-hmm. occur because I did or not did, did or did not do something. Um, but in terms of the dangers, you know, parents just need to be aware of what can happen. That's the main thing, is, is, is not either treating it like uh, watching a DVD um, with no real associated danger as long as you know you know what's in the game yeah. to you know treating it um, like this kind of imminent uh, threat looming over your child mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. in terms of, of what the danger is if we focus online for a minute um, and I think it's important to kind of outline that there's three major ways in which children in particular might access video games and video gaming. The first is, is, is probably best known to everybody, it's, it's video game consoles, so that's your Xbox and your PlayStation and your Switch and whatever. Yeah. Um, then there's your PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of video games are only available on the PC. And then a big proportion of gaming now, actually it's about a third overall of the revenue in the UK, it's about a billion pounds a year according to the UK Interactive Entertainment Association is mobile gaming. Okay, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, the first thing for parents to kind of be aware of in terms of danger or whatever is, is if your child has a mobile phone and they have a smartphone, mm-hmm. the truth is that they can play games and a lot of those games will have online features. Not all of them, you know, for example, I don't think Angry Birds has any significant, maybe it has, you know, high scoreboards or something, but you can't talk as far as I'm aware, at least the last time I played to anybody on, on Angry Birds, but there are a lot of games out there that um, that do have 
chat functionality. Mm-hmm. So the dangers in terms of online are, as you say, talking to strangers. You know, without being too dramatic, there are people out there who certainly are, you know, making use of online functionality and the young age of some of these games uh, in terms of their audience to take advantage of them or to try to take advantage yeah. of them. So, so certainly talking to your children about what is or isn't appropriate communication, being aware vaguely of who your children are playing with. Mm-hmm. You know, if we take Fortnite as an example for a minute, so Fortnite's kind of most popular mode, the Battle Royale mode, has 100 players, right? Mm-hmm. Most children won't know 99 other players, right? right but yeah. what they might know is they maybe know five or six of them, they maybe know eight or nine of them. They might be in a, in a group that they play with regularly. They might have played a couple of games with a stranger, got on pretty well with them and, and, and kind of formed a, a friendship online. That person might live in Australia or the States or Poland or wherever. Yeah. There's no intrinsic danger there, um, especially if that, that relationship remains purely online. You know, you're not using your real names in Fortnite. You're using a, a screen name. If you're not giving any personal information, it's not like they're going to be able to track you down. Um, I certainly, when I was growing up, had friends that I knew exclusively through online gaming and nothing, yeah. nothing bad ever happened to me. Yeah. But... If, especially if your child is young and they're playing these games where there's lots of people, be aware of who they're playing with mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and who they're playing with a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you know it's okay, it's just Billy down the road, or it's you know, it's, oh, I, that's Samantha's son, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. You know who these people are, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And equally so, if they aren't people that you know, you ask them, look, how much do you know about this guy, and how much have you told him, or or whatever. Just keep an eye on those sorts of things. You you won't be able to monitor them all the time, but just yeah. to kind of keep an eye on yeah. them. Um, the second online danger, and one thing I want to talk about in this podcast, is what they're called. They're called loot boxes. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And this is like purchasable extra content. Yeah. So in the past, you know, when you and I were growing up, we, mm-hmm. we you talk about Super Mario, for example. When you, yeah. play, when you want to play Super Mario 64 for the N64, you went to the store, you went to Toys R Us or wherever, yeah. you paid, it was like it was like 80 pounds back. Yeah, they're really dear. Um, but you went and bought that, and that was it. There was mm-hmm. no extra content. The game was just as done as it was. If there were any issues with the game, it was if it was glitchy or whatever. That was, you know, all you could do was return it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, that's not how games work anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, almost regardless of where they're being played, they're consistently, especially games that remain popular, are consistently mm-hmm. being worked on, and stuff is being added to them. Okay. Um, and the way in which this stuff is added varies, okay. but. Again, if we take Fortnite, I'm using Fortnite as an example because most parents who listen to this podcast probably have a young yeah, child no, who's playing no Fortnite. Yeah. But Fortnite's the only, not the only example, and, and these are in some of the articles I wrote as well, but the way that loot boxes and what is called DLC or downloadable content work mm-hmm. is it's additional content that you usually pay for. Not always. Sometimes you know, companies just give them away for free. Typically, if, they, if there's a holiday, for example, yeah. maybe they'll give away an item that's related to Halloween or Christmas or yeah. whatever. Okay, yeah. But um, a big example is, is what's called a skin, and you'll hear kids talking about skins mm-hmm. in Fortnite a lot. And a skin is basically a costume. Yeah. So when you're playing Fortnite, the, the character that you're controlling looks a certain way. They look like a human being. Yeah. Um, you know, They're usually in um, vaguely military-looking kind of clothing and they're carrying a gun and that's what they look like mm-hmm. you can pay for alternate costumes you know maybe you want to look like an astronaut or yeah. you want a costume that's all you know gold or whatever yeah um typically there's two ways that you can do this and again it depends on the game so this is where i can kind of come back to telling parents that they should be aware of how the games that their children yeah, their are playing are working yeah. yeah yeah so you can either sometimes just straight up buy what you want mm-hmm. you know let's say i like the you know the little kitty claw 
costume. Great. Yeah. That's what I want. I go to the little store and I spend my money and I get the, the costume and then I, that's it. Yeah. And I'm done because that's what I want and that, I'm, I'm all good. But quite often now, the way a lot of games work is they have what's called a loot box. And if I'm honest, it's basically gambling. Um, okay. Because what you do is you buy a mystery box. Have you ever saw that episode of The Simpsons? Oh no, it's Family Guys of The Simpsons. Yeah. Where I think it's Peter is being offered some sort of a deal where he can either get a boat or the mystery box, right? Okay. And and the, the way that they sell the mystery box to him is, well, there could be anything in the mystery box. And uh-huh. he goes to his wife, his wife says to him, just get the boat. And he goes, but there could be anything in the box. It could even be a boat, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And, and that's, that's the a ridiculous example, but that's how it is basically how it works. You don't know what's going to be in there. So if we can yeah. go back to that example and I want the cat costume... I can buy a box and it might have five different things in it. Yeah. But none of them are the one I want. Yeah. It's like those LOL dolls too. Exactly like the LOL dolls. And yeah. like, you know, the sort of kinder eggy thing. You don't yeah. know what toy you're going to get inside. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. if you're just, you know, playing and you don't really care and you just want to kind of, you know, buy one or two and, and see what you get, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you are seeking a particular item, it can be quite um, frustrating I yeah, guess for, for yeah. children to kind of go well that's not what I wanted you know and you from a parent perspective you, you've given your child because these the boxes can really range I mean some of them are like less than a pound okay. some of them go all the way up to like 20 pounds yeah, now right. it, it, it depends on the game so you might have given your kid five ten pounds this week because they cleaned their room or whatever and they spent it on this loot box and they didn't get what they want and they kind of come back to you going well I didn't, I didn't get what I wanted I didn't really get what I wanted yeah. here so yeah. And in some countries, uh, China, for example, um, where gambling is very, very heavily restricted and very, very heavily um, legislated against, companies have actually been forced to um, spell out the chances, percentage chances of getting certain items, right? Okay, okay. And they're astronomically low, you know, Mm -hmm. for the really, really popular items, Mm -hmm. the really kind of, the, the chic, cool items... Um, and the, the best way I can kind of explain this to a parent who, who doesn't game and who doesn't play video games and doesn't understand why you would spend five pounds for, for a digital costume, yeah. um, because it is, it, it's a bit of a silly thing to say, it's kind of like designer clothing. Yeah. There is absolutely a, a kind of cool factor attached to having mm-hmm. certain skins, um, particularly if they're time limited. So okay. they might only be available for a special promotion they're doing mm-hmm. for a month mm-hmm. or something. And... If you don't get it during that month, you might never be able to get, get it. it again. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you can see how that's how that's cool and how how kids feel um, pressure, I guess, to, to have yeah. it. But equally so, you know, in the same way that children might feel a bit left out if all their children, all their friends, are wearing like you know cool designer clothes, mm-hmm. they're maybe wearing you know Vans sneakers yeah. or or you know designer T-shirts, and they have to wear you know kind of maybe something from Tesco or from, not yeah. there's anything, and, and you and I as adults know that that stuff doesn't really, really matter that yeah, much, yeah. But, it, but when you're a kid, you remember feeling, yeah, you know, those things do matter, yeah. So if you are playing Fortnite with all of your friends from school mm-hmm. and all of them have a cool skin mm-hmm. and you're in the default look, you know, there's like this big yeah, visual marker that you know, you're not as cool as these guys yeah. and that's, that's isolating for children. Mm-hmm. So there's a real appeal to this that I think parents need to understand why it matters so much to their yeah. children. But then they also need to kind of be aware. Because like I said, there have been contentions that this is basically gambling. Yeah, yeah there, um, there's been quite a lot of like articles and stuff in the, right. in the media over the past year or so. That's right. That it's starting to kind of 
introduce those sort of gambling habits to children at a really at a really young age. Yeah. Which, when you're explaining it, I mean, you can see how that kind of stuff yeah. could could happen. I mean, and that's it as well because um, some of the loot boxes will have uh, the way that they'll be displayed or the way that they work is that eventually, basically, if you buy enough, you will you will get the one that you want, right? Okay. Because, for example, let's say you're playing Overwatch is another good example um, in terms of loot box gaming, and anything that you get from a loot box that you already have, mm -hmm. right, you mm -hmm. can convert to points, oh, right? Okay. Yeah. And a lot of games will do this where you can get, you know, you get repeated items, so you might open a loot box and just get nothing you don't already have, okay. right? So some places you're just kind of out of luck there, and that's yeah. just how it works. Yeah. But a lot of a lot of games will basically say, okay, well you can convert these to a hundred points, yeah. and then either let you use the points to buy another box, mm -hmm. or like a particular item, right? Okay. So yeah. it's kind of like um, you know when you uh, when you kind of put money into a machine like a parking meter yeah and you have to put a certain amount in yeah and that kind of encourages you to stay for a certain length of time because mm -hmm. it's a waste otherwise you're not going to get your money yeah. back either yeah. way right so the way that might work is again looking at fortnite um the currency in fortnite is not actually pounds and pence mm -hmm. it's it's called v bucks yeah. right yeah um and that's what a, your kid will ask you for can, can i can you can i buy some v bucks right mm -hmm. and that's what these these are for these skins and these these uh weapons and all that kind of stuff but you can't just buy like one V-Buck or two or mm -hmm. five or seven. You have to buy, you know, a hundred, five hundred, a thousand or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And the items won't necessarily be priced in such a way that they, you can buy exactly as many as you need. So let's say you wanted, the, again, the cat skin, right? Mm -hmm. and the cat skin was 400 V-Bucks. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the lowest amount of V-Bucks you can buy might be 500. Okay. So, you, yeah. so you, you, you pay the amount of money you get the item you want, that's great, but then you have this remaining 100 V-Bucks or whatever, and you kind of get in this thinking, well, I mean, it's basically, I'm throwing money away if I don't buy something else, mm -hmm. right? If I don't get another, because here's another item and it's 600, right? So if I buy 500 more, I can buy that and that'll be good. Yeah. So there's lots of little psychological tricks they throw into yeah. this. So that leads me to another kind of thing that parents should be aware of. If you do decide, okay, I'm going to buy my son or my daughter um, these V-Bucks or a loot box mm -hmm. or whatever, be careful when you're putting the information in. Make yeah. sure that it, your details aren't safe. It's not stored, yeah. You exactly. hear horror stories of Absolutely. these massive bills racking up. Like yeah. Just, and yeah. it's because they're designed, um, I don't know if you're familiar with them, the kind of psychological phrase of a, have you heard of Skinner Box before? No. So Skinner Box is something that they use um, in behavioral science um, on animals. And basically, it's a box that mm -hmm. an animal, usually a rat, can press a button and a treat comes out. Right? Oh, okay, yeah, so, I don't know what. And it's basically, uh, the, the most simple F5 form you, of, you can cake of it is, you know, press press button, feel good, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's how some of these things are designed, you know, that you, you feel good. And it is, I, I've, I've, I've played games and I've bought loot boxes before, and it, it's exciting to watch, you know, the items light up and, and kind of, you know, oh, is that, you know, what's this, and is this exciting? And yeah. So, you know, it's designed to make you feel good when you yeah. buy them. Um, so that's, that's the kind of thing to be aware of generally, mm -hmm. but I guess what the advice I can give the parents in terms of it, again, if they're not looking to invest a lot of time into it, they, they don't want to know about the mm -hmm. mechanics of Fortnite. They don't want to know about, you know, what skin is this and what skin, but ask what your child specifically is asking for. Mm -hmm. Are they asking for a box? Are they asking for points? Mm -hmm. Are they asking for a specific item? 
find out what they're trying to get. So if, if your kid says to you, for example, dad, um, you know, this week, I know I get my allowance. Can I use it to buy a thousand V bucks? It might be worth sitting down and going, so, so can I just check, what are you like looking for? Yeah. Like, do you, is, are you looking, are you just going to, you just want to see what you get and you're going to be happy with whatever you get. Is there like an item that you really want? You know, um, are you really looking for that gold skin? And, and, and if you don't get that, are you going to kind of come back to me in a week and say, I still can want I to buy more? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, because that's how these things happen is that parents yeah. sometimes assume that this is a one-time only thing. The mm-hmm. kids are going to buy an item and they in the same way that, you know, you don't need to buy Fortnite five times. Mm-hmm. Um, you just buy it once or in the case of PC, you, you download it for free. Yeah. Um, and then you're done. But mm-hmm. if your child isn't looking for a specific item or if they are looking for a specific item, but they're not able to just buy it outright then the likelihood is that they are going to come back to you later. Yeah. And they are going to say, Mom, Dad, look, I want to spend more money on this. Well, it's funny because I had read something this week, actually, about some new, I think it's American kind of mm-hmm. guidance, but um, I can't remember the name of the guy, but he was saying, you know, these are like board games 2.0. You know, yeah. we can't, this is the way society is kind of going now. Definitely. Everything's online and kids are playing more video games. Um, that's not to say, you know, that we can't, you know, there's a whole worry about obesity and stuff sure, as sure, well. Sure. The kids aren't getting enough exercise. active exercise outdoors. But, you know, just to, to kind of engage with it a little bit, I guess, because we can't avoid it. And that's the same with, like, smartphone usage Definitely. and social media usage, everything like that. I think the difficulty here is the pace of change. So if you are the parent of maybe a 13-, 14-year-old child and you yourself grew up in the 70s or the 80s, mm-hmm. Video games might just not have been a part of your life at all. Yeah. And certainly online video games mm-hmm. have no frame of reference for you whatsoever. Yeah. You don't understand because you just didn't do that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's entirely reasonable for parents to feel bewildered. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, in the same way that parents probably don't want to get super invested in the Saturday morning cartoons their children want to watch, <laughs> you know, they don't want to spend a huge amount of time necessarily um, thinking about video games. But what I will say to parents is, you know, in the same way that you take uh, at least a passing interest in your children's other interests, take a passing interest in their video games. If it's something that you can play together, and if you have any interest, I'm sure your, your children will be over the moon, you know, especially if they're younger, yeah, to play yeah, with you. I mean, I remember yeah. growing up, and my dad would play video games with me sometimes, and it was great, great yeah. memories. So, it's good fun. Yeah. Um, and then again, in terms of the, the obesity thing, certainly if your kid is playing, you know, and I say this as someone who probably did that growing up. <laughs> Um, you know, if they're coming home from school and they're just spending eight or nine hours playing video games every single night mm-hmm. and you notice that it's affecting their, maybe their schoolwork or as you say, their, their, their weight, if it's damaging their social relationships, have a chat with them, mm-hmm. you know, say to them, look, I'm worried that you're spending too much time doing this and here's what I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. I think what we would say to parents and what I would, what I would argue with parents is that, you know, if you feel like your child's playing too many video games um, and you just say, listen, I'm shutting this off now. Mm-hmm. You, 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 can't, you can't play after 6 o'clock, you can't play after 8 o'clock or whatever, and that's the end of that. Um, that might work. Mm-hmm. That certainly might work. But you should also consider the impact you might be having on your children's um, like social life. Because if they go to school and all of their friends are playing the game and they play the game with their friends and suddenly they're no longer able to do that, 
it's a similar, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like a digital version of being grounded as a kid. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that, look, for some children, they just can't handle it and they, and they, and they get too addicted to it and they, 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 they do it to the exclusion of everything else. And that's certainly not healthy. Yeah. But, um, this isn't like taking away one toy and they can certainly just find something else to do. It's, you know, as you say, video games are part of our culture now. Mm-hmm. Um, and online, online gaming is just something that children do yeah. and if you are going to kind of purposefully exclude your child from that just have a consideration of what that might do to them yeah. um, and again I think the thing to remember is not all games are created equal in this yeah. regard um, you know what they're playing the kind of content the kind of information that they're kind of receiving or or, or, or kind of seeing really really matters as well as their age mm-hmm. yeah well ages is something else like i was just thinking about a minute i guess kind of what we're saying as well is that it's it's everything in moderation yeah. like a lot of things in yeah. life you know um so and having those kind of boundaries in place i guess where maybe they're allowed to spend a certain amount of time a day playing video games and then you know other times maybe not now when it's freezing and it's snowing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, pushing them outside. Yeah. It's like, it's like but you know, just having that. having a balance and and making sure the kids kind of you're talking to them about what they're playing, but also having some sort of boundaries in place. But you mentioned there about ages, and I noticed as well before you were yeah. kind of talking about like weapons and things yeah. like that. Um. So maybe to, to think about that kind of age range thing and mm-hmm. appropriateness because violence is something that I'd imagine is quite a concern um, for parents too and, and what they're witnessing and, and a lot of these games are, are pretty violent. life-like too you know they're really a lot of them look like box sets now in terms yeah. of like actual reality yeah yeah um yeah so so violence in video games and, and video game content um has been a concern, not just for parents, but for society as a whole, mm-hmm. for a really long time. Ever since, you know, basically the kind of early 90s, and the instruction things like Doom. I don't know if you've ever heard of the game yeah, Doom. Yeah, Doom. So, yeah. You so, played at my uncle's on the PC. So there, so there you go. Um, and Doom was the kind of, it wasn't necessarily the first big violent game, yeah. but it was one of the first big violent games. And, and it was, you know, fairly gratuitous. There was lots of blood. We look back on it now, and it's almost laughably, you know, out of date, but, but, you know, this was the first game to make people kind of sit up and go, right, okay, is this the kind of content we want children to, um, to be consuming? Because this was also the first, again, I'm going back to that, what I said before, that was that period where games were transitioning away from being toys, Mm -hmm. but they hadn't really gotten far into that transition yet. So when people thought video games, they thought children. Yeah. Right, so now there's games out that are definitively and unambiguously not for children. Yeah. Right, like they, they, the content is too mature for them, and it's just not for them. Mm-hmm. But back then, the idea of an adult video game was really out there. Mm-hmm. They existed, but they were really niche. So Doom was the first big one where people were like, "Oh my gosh, well children are playing this, and is this the kind of stuff we want people?" So of course, there's been a lot of research into that, um, and and the impacts that violent imagery have and violent gaming. Um, behaviors have on children, their development and stuff. And mm-hmm. basically, it's nothing's been proven definitively one way or the other. And, and what the research basically says is that children who are predisposed to maybe having um, difficulties with emotions, mm-hmm. who maybe have developmental issues, who are by nature either anxious or aggressive or whatever, mm-hmm. sometimes do have 
negative inter- reactions from consuming this kind of content. Um, but that doesn't mean that every single child who plays these games is going to necessarily want to emulate them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what I would say to parents with regards to that is you know your children best, right? Nobody on earth, except for the child themselves, maybe, and even in that case, you know, if they're very young, no one else knows your child as well as you do. Uh, knows what they can handle, knows what they can't handle, knows how they tend to react to things, you know. Is your, chi- is your child the kind of person who tends to react really badly when someone insults him, for example? Or do they tend to take stuff really personally? Or are they very anxious or whatever? Yeah. Because, you know, if you compare it to movies, and, you know, I read a study, it was a survey actually, um, and something like 80 or 90% of parents would say that they wouldn't let their underage child go see an 18 uh, movie. Mm-hmm. But around 86% of parents say that they don't really think twice about buying their children a game that might be rated above their age. Okay. Um, and I think, again, that comes back to this hangover that we have of, well, games are for kids. Mm-hmm. So, of course, if it's a game and my kid wants it, it's probably fine. Yeah. And it's only when a game gets, like, really big press, like Grand Theft Auto or, or um, Doom or whatever, that parents start to go, oh, maybe this one game mm-hmm. can't be sold you to children. Kind of that, yeah. But if a game kind of flies under the radar, which... You know, if you're not paying a lot of attention to video games, will be most games. Mm-hmm. You know, if I listed, you know, some of the big games this year to you, you probably wouldn't be able to tell me whether they're appropriate for children or not because, you know, the titles don't give mm-hmm. them away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what I would say to parents is there in Europe, um, and this won't be affected by Brexit, incidentally, it's, it's <laughs> called PEGI, um, which is the pan-European... Uh, I think it's Gaming Institute. Mm-hmm. But basically, they're the organization that rates video games. They're yeah. like the... Um, the movie rating systems for games. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and up until 2012, they were advisory. Um, uh-huh. But after 2012, basically, the um, the UK Parliament passed a law to basically make these uh, legally enforceable. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's illegal to sell uh, like an, a mature game to an underage child. It's not illegal for a parent to buy one for their child, if that's mm-hmm. what they choose to do. But it's not, you know, you can't walk into to game and buy an M if you're aged 15 or okay. 12 or whatever. So... What I would say to parents is if your child says, I want this game, mm-hmm. um, go to Peggy's website, type in the game name, mm-hmm. and it will give you a pretty succinct, pretty easily understood um, list of, of what is or isn't in the game. So it might say, for example, if it's a very, it's a fairly mundane, kind of non-worrisome game like Mario, then you might say fantasy violence because Mario stomps on things okay. or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. And you can kind of see that the rating is maybe seven, you know, a seven-year-old or, or whatever. So you're all good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you were to put in, for example, Red Dead Redemption, then you might see that there's you know graphic depictions of violence, there might be sexual imagery, there might be content that's just not going to be appropriate for a yeah. lot of underage children. Yeah. But again, I wouldn't go strictly off the numbers, right? So like if a game says 12 or mature or whatever, your child may or may not be able to handle that regardless of their age. Now, obviously, once they're, once they're past 18, they can get to do what, you, do what they want, mm-hmm. and, and your, your control is limited there. But in the same way that one 12-year-old or 13-year-old might handle a movie that's rated 12 just fine and mm-hmm. have no problem with it whatsoever, another 12-year-old might be, you know, really badly affected by it. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially children who maybe have had... Um, traumatic experiences mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. if if they've had a traumatic experience relating to violence or to abuse or whatever it's good to know that that might be mentioned in the game because again parents should be aware that 
games do touch on adult subjects now. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not all running around and collecting coins and saving the princess from the castle yeah. anymore. You know, um, gaming has developed as a medium. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's an art form mm-hmm. effectively now, and they 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 look at subjects that you know aren't are too deep for children yeah, and too yeah. kind of complicated and might bring up conversations that parents aren't ready to have yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the, the Peggy's a good kind of Definitely. guidance, sort of guideline for parents, but basically they know their kids best. So that would, if they don't think, you know, it's suitable for them, then... Yeah, that's maybe, it, exactly. Maybe give it a miss. Um, okay, cool. I'm trying to think if we have anything else that we might want to cover about this. Uh, so we've, we've pretty much said it's good for parents to talk to their children about yeah. um, what, they're, what they're doing in their games, what, ga- what games they're playing even just, yeah. and, and what goes on in them. Um, we've talked about the age ratings. Um, what about then parental controls? I mean, oh, this yeah. is something I suppose that maybe can give parents a wee bit of power back in terms Absolutely. of like... Um, what their what their child is doing through games. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember you said before about the Switch being quite a good yeah. console in terms of that kind of side of things. Yeah. Yeah. So parental controls um on video games and video game consoles are a great tool, and parents definitely definitely should take time to familiarize themselves with mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be a little intimidating for a parent who maybe has never played video games before, who's never hold held a controller in their hand for any meaningful length of time to kind of click on and press these buttons and to do these things and have to go through the menus and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I accept that, you know, for some parents, this seems like a lot, mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely worth your time. And, and you're right in saying this. So the Nintendo Switch is really the gold standard for parental controls. It gives you all sorts of, um, uh, you know, options in terms of when you want to let your child play, how long, what happens when they play either outside the bear the, the, the range in terms of time or like you know over they, they play for longer than they should mm-hmm. um, and for example you can let them continue to play mm-hmm. but it'll send a message to your phone to say that they've done that yeah, okay. um, or it'll just turn off mm-hmm. uh, other consoles have different parental controls mm-hmm. um, and they really do vary some of them are basically it just locks you out of games that are rated a certain age mm-hmm. which is fine but as I already explained um, that's not necessarily going to fix the issue. Yeah. Um, and others maybe will, you know, set times or... Um, but it's worth whatever console your child has, all modern video game consoles will have some sort some of parental control, control. And it's yeah. definitely worth familiarizing yourself yeah. with them. Um, and can they, they do that within the console itself? Or just Google, I guess? Yeah, just exactly. Google PlayStation well, parental Yeah, exactly. The PlayStation website, the, the Xbox website, their YouTube channels, mm-hmm. and that will have a step-by-step guide, guide definitely. Yeah. Um, I, one thing I wanted to cover, actually, and I, I kind of forgot to mention, was um, the way in which games are accessed now. So, mm-hmm. again, what I was saying before, if you and I wanted to buy Super Mario when we were a kid, we had to go to the store and pick it up. Even if your child's not playing on a PC, mm-hmm. if they have an internet connection, they can download a game themselves. Mm-hmm. So if they have, especially if maybe it's a, a young teenager who maybe has a little bit of access to money themselves, maybe they have a debit card or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you might not be able to stop them buying these games um, by not letting them go and physically pick them up. Oh, yeah. So, just download them. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... 
it's also worth checking what games your child has on yeah. their console. And again, if you see something that you're worried about, maybe you see a game with a title that you're a bit like, mm, that doesn't sound good, or mm-hmm. whatever. You can always go to Peggy, you can always check it out, but, but just ask your, your child to explain it to you. Mm-hmm. You know, say, look, I am interested mm-hmm. or concerned, depending on, on what it is, about, you know, Hexblade. Tell me about this. What is, what, what is, what is this game? How does it work? Mm-hmm. Do you play it with anybody? Um, and if they tell you anything that, that does worry you, just talk to them about it. Yeah. Say, look, you know, the reason I'm concerned about you playing games that, has lo- that have a lot of violence is because I don't want you to do these things. Do you understand the difference between shooting somebody in Fortnite and, mm-hmm. you know, being violent with somebody in real life? Yeah. And, you know, I think there's also kind of a line between games that are quite realistic looking, mm-hmm. like, you know, Call of Duty, for example, yeah. and games like Fortnite that are a lot more cartoony. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it's just about removed a little bit. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and your your children may or may not equate that with real life violence. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. in certain games, you know, they might be taking actions that if you take them in the abstract, you know, you're sniping someone from across a field in the head, which is very violent. Yeah. But if in the game it makes a big rainbow appear yeah. and, and, and like you know has a silly message Solid. or whatever, it, I guess it's worth probing your children's understanding of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth speaking to them and saying, look, you know, this is where the line is. This is where you can't overstep, and this is why. Um, I guess one of the things that parents should be aware of is what their children are doing. If they come to you and they say, oh, I got banned from this game. Can you help me or whatever? Mm-hmm. Or, or that you notice they don't play it anymore or that they seem to have lost interest very, very suddenly. Okay. Um, Inquire as to why. Mm-hmm. So it might be because they are being cyberbullied. It might be because they are feeling left out. They might have just lost interest. Mm-hmm. But the question is, sometimes, you know, they might have said something or they might have done something. And the only kind of consequence will be that they've been banned from the game by the, the, the studio that makes it or the producer mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's an opportunity, a learning opportunity. So, yeah. for example, if your child is banned from whatever game because they used inappropriate language or they cheated or whatever but just maybe say look look, this is important that we talk about this it was pretty bad that you did it in the game but let's talk about why you can't do it in real life either yeah you know because if you if you're communicating with people you know you're likely to um get involved or, or or hear references to things like racism or sexism or concepts that young children might not be super yeah. you know aware of understand. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. they might hear words that you know, if I said to you on this podcast right now, I'd lose my job. Mm-hmm. But if they don't know what these words mean, yeah. they might just start saying them. We've all seen those, you know, videos of babies saying words that they shouldn't yeah. be saying. Yeah. And um, that actually brings me on la- like, to something else I wanted to raise, which was about streaming. Oh, okay, yeah. So, yeah. so streaming is a huge, huge part of gaming culture. Mm-hmm. And it is a part of gaming culture that I have found anecdotally that parents understand the least. So every parent kind of gets why children want to play video games. Yeah. Right? Like, why do you want to play video games? They're fun. But what parents don't understand is why do you want to watch someone else play video games? Yeah. Right? Like I can really get that. Like. Right. <laughs> well, this is it. Like, the, the concept of, of sitting and watching someone else play video games yeah. sounds, again, in the abstract, ridiculous. Yeah. But streamers are, um, you know, modern-day pop stars for a lot yeah, of these kids. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a lot that you do hear, kids, like, now mm-hmm. saying, 
they want to be YouTubers or streamers. Streamer. Yeah. You yeah. Know, for Fortnite, Ninja is a big one. Um, yeah. And there's a couple I could go on. And basically, to give a kind of baseline understanding of what they are, a streamer is someone, some person mm-hmm. who puts a live feed, usually of both their face and a game, on a website like Twitch.com. Okay. Um, there are other ones. YouTube has streaming. But the biggest one by far, the, the kind of Google of streaming is Twitch, um, which is actually owned by Amazon. But um, what they are is, so you've got this image, you've got this personality, um, and the people watching them kind of form a community. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's usually like a chat box. The streamer usually interacts mm-hmm. with the chat box. Um, and that could be any number of people. Um, so there's money involved. People often donate to streamers. Streamers might run charity streams, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a guy recently who uh, ran like a marathon of a particular game for uh, mermaids, the transgender oh, charity. Okay. He raised like, he raised like sixty thousand pounds oh, or more. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, so, so a lot of good can come from streaming, and and, and it's not necessarily intrinsically harmful. But mm-hmm. um, the degree to which the chat is appropriate. Okay. So, for example, Fortnite, right, mm-hmm. has a pretty low age rating. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what it is. It's probably like, like a 12 or something okay. like that. But whatever it is, that... So you might be thinking, okay, well, I'm, I'm okay with, 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 you know, my son playing Fortnite. That's, mm-hmm. I've decided that's okay. I feel like he's mature enough to understand to not shoot anybody in real life and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, that's fine. And you might see him on the tablet or on the computer watching Fortnite, watching a stream of Fortnite, and think, well, that's okay, because I said he can play Fortnite, so I don't care if he watches it. I mean, obviously, it's a bit weird that he rather wouldn't rather play it, but that's fine. But the community in which your son or your daughter might be tapping into by watching a streamer, that might be inappropriate. Okay. Um, okay. And there have been a number of kind of high-profile examples of these people being um, inappropriate or duplicitous. So... Coming back to that loot box thing, for example, there was a thing a while ago with a game called Counter-Strike um, Global Offensive, or CSGO, mm-hmm. and there were big streamers, and they basically said, oh, you know, I found this really cool website where you can basically bet on games, right? Like, right. like but using the digital currency, so it's not real. Anyway, the long story short, long story of it is, and this, by the way, these, these is a group of these guys had a pretty young skewing audience, right? Okay, like kind of early so, teens yeah. um, audience. They didn't disclose that they were financially invested in this particular website. Okay. So, you know, streaming is kind of like the Wild West right now. There's a lot of rules and questions about what is or isn't allowed. Mm-hmm. But if your child is watching streams, and again, if they're playing a lot of video games, they almost certainly are watching streams. And it might be YouTube videos, so it might not be live. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're consuming that kind of content. The likelihood is that they're tapping into a community of people that may be the sort of people you don't... That, you know, that could be where they're exposing themselves to danger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think parents should be aware of not just the games that their children play, but the gaming-related activity okay, that yeah. they're they're involving themselves It's not just the in. games and they don't worry about it. could be the streaming then. Well, that's it, exactly. I mean, yeah. again, just... just even if you just say to your children, do you watch streams? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me the name of some of the... Who, who do you like? Mm-hmm. And then you can just Google them in your own time. And, and, if, and if they've been involved in any kind of controversy or any kind of weirdness, a lot of times the news stories will pop right up yeah. and say, you know, this person did this or this person... Because mm-hmm. it's big news whenever these people mm-hmm. do these things. Because they get millions of, of viewers and subscribers and stuff. You know, 
So when they do something bad, a lot of times they get picked up right away. Yeah. And, and you know, again, it's not to scare parents and to say yeah. that there's anything intrinsically wrong with watching streams and, and, you know, your child may themselves want to stream their content. You know, that's up to you whether you think that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. But it's just an additional element that they should be aware of. Something else to just keep their eye on. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Well, that was a really good, informative chat. Um, and Thanks. I think it's um, a nice kind of little piece that you can also read more about on our website. Um, Chris has two articles up there. Yeah. There's um, two parent guides on children and gaming. Um, the first one looks at kind of a bit more about the kind of things that we've been talking about here today. Um, as in the kind of impacts and research behind it, but there is another one that looks like a little bit more at the actual features of games and things, which is good to be aware of as well. Um, and just while we have Chris here, actually, we'll talk a little bit about the Big Parenting Survey, which we will launch on the 19th uh, of February. Yes. Um, at Stormont. That's correct. Um, so we're really excited about that. Um, it's our first... It is our first, is, yeah. um, our first ever kind of big survey with parents and getting their insights into the realities of parenting in Northern Ireland today. So you can look out for that. Yeah. Um, and also just to say, if um, you've been listening to this today and you would like a little bit more support with your children's gaming um, or um, any aspects of what it is that they're doing online, um, get in touch with us you can call us on free phone 0808 8010722 um, and you'll get some support and guidance over the phone um, so next month's podcast is going to be about working mums um, we will be running an event in Belfast Castle on Thursday the 28th of March and that's for working mums in the lead up to Mother's Day um, so there will be um, a little bit of a seminar from one of our parent support workers um, about work-life balance and we'll also have some insight from um, busy working mums themselves and a GP at King, Kingsbridge Hospital. Um, so check out our social media to find out more about that. If you want to buy tickets, they're £20 each. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram we're all forward slash parent and NI on those and um, thanks again Chris for having a Thank chat um, and we'll talk to you again next month bye, bye.